Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Legero. And I'm with my husband, Mrs. Natasha Legero. How are you, Tosh? I'm good. Hell yeah. Feeling good myself. Oh, I had a I had a um a moment. Moshe's obsessed with the are you talking about your surf session? No. Oh, no. okay. What were we gonna say I'm obsessed with? The beach. I am obsessed with the beach. Like the way you look at the waves, I feel like you're gonna push our child's stroller off the cliff wait that's that what that sounds like an obsession with killing my child no you're just like every time you see waves you just kind of like go into a different zone oh I've like i would accidentally it. walk off a yes. cliff into the beach with the yes. child there like you oh. went on a surf you went on a surfing adventure yesterday and yeah. you said you were swimming with dolphins there were dolphins it's actually really funny i was surfing with my friend uh andrew michonne from a respectful di- socially distant uh, amount of space and these dolphins, when you surf, sometimes you see dolphins, but it's always an amazing sight. It's always like a beautiful gift from the gods, you know? And this couple who were clearly new surfers, like they didn't look grizzled. They, they were on boards that, that, that showed that they were like noobs, right? They were paddling by and these dolphins were breaching and blowing out of their blowholes and the sun was setting. And Andrew says to him, he goes, hey, look, dolphins. And they were like, oh, and just kept paddling. Who did he say it to? This random couple that was paddling by. And they didn't care. It's just like, how jaded can one be that someone's like, hey, look, dolphins, and you don't look. Right. 100 feet away, dolphins. We're in fucking quarantine. There's fucking God's majesty blowholing. I would never want to be swimming next to a dolphin. I really? would start screaming. Oh, they're so beautiful. But what if they like, I don't know, bump into you or something? Uh, wouldn't that be a gift? I don't know. I don't want to ever be out like where I can't really have my feet on the ocean floor. <laughs> well, you might not make a good surfer. But speaking of the ocean, Natasha got us an Airbnb on the ocean last week. And we had a little mini vacation. And it was um, it was really awesome. These people... It was pretty magical. We were staying in someone else's house, though. In and Carpinteria. I f- and I feel like their lives seemed so much better than ours. They had it. They had it. They had everything dialed to such a degree that at the end of the Airbnb, I was walking around the house making notes. I went to their digital display on the refrigerator and I wrote down the temperature that they keep on the refrigerator <laughs> and freezer because our ice cream kept melting. But that's crazy because now the ice cream tastes perfect. No, it worked. I went home <laughs> and the ice cream is frozen at a perfect consistent. We have it. What did you say? me you said that i haven't had ice cream of this consistency in our entire marriage it's true and we were sitting there we were when the when the freezer says hot like high i think that it's making it more hot i don't know i I don't know how to like set a freezer well it says none of those things it's a digital (laughs) display (laughs) it's very specific anyway we were looking around they had um they had books by that guy osho the leader of wild wild country and i was like (laughs) oh that kind of makes sense a little bit but let me frame it so they have like this like half an acre farm where I'm, they grow like one of everything it was just like so a, they have like artichokes and perfect strawberries life. and spinach herbs and 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 a marijuana plant and then you walk a little bit further and you're just at the ocean you cross right some train there, tracks this, you're at the ocean the amtrak surf liners going by ring a ding ding the most beautiful everything was ocean, dialed in sand, and then they, they get to come back to their house the decoration was perfect and then and, they had like a whole kid zone and at a certain point i turned to natasha and we were kind of feeling with a trample 
traveling. We were having such a good time and, and it was such perfection. And then we started to feel slightly self-conscious. We were like, like we have a nice place, but our life is in complete disarray. How do these people have it so dialed in? And I just go, you know what, honey? Like, it's okay. This is what it is. Like, these these people have dedicated their lives to this house mm-hmm. and their energy is in this house. And we are artists. We are creatives. And like our brains, our, our brain power is focused on being creative, creating comedy, like the artistic endeavor. We just, it's hard for us, people like us, artists to focus on stuff like that. And then we walk back into their house and we saw their um, their creative arts Emmy that they had won. <laughs> <laughs> I spotted the Emmy while we were eating. I was like, go see what it's for. And it was like, oh, <laughs> I guess they're artists too. We're just um, sloppy bums. But it was like the perfect mix. Like it wasn't fancy. It was just like sustainable and chic. Anyway, and like... this is Airbnb talk. You're tuned <sighs> in. But, um, hey, but you wanna, now we're back to our lives. We're back to life. Uh, life in LA Content is Content creators. I got to get to the beach. I got to make some changes and move to the beach. But here is um, the heartbreaking moment I had today. This is a total change of subject. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah. This was just so sweet. We were. I was giving our your child a, um, a bath tonight to, before putting her to bed. And there's this little toy that I bought her in the Denver airport. Do you remember airports? Mm-hmm. They used to. There were hubs of transportation that we used to. You remember airplanes? You remember uh, travel? Do you remember airplane food? Yeah, airplane food was a trip. It was not as good as regular food. I don't know if you remember that. At any rate, I bought her this little like wand in this toy store at the Denver airport. That like it's got a little spiky ball at the end, and it's a purple ball. And when you hit it on a wall, it flashes. It's like, like a, a rave or something. Yeah, it's like a rave wand, and um, she loves it. And it's just a little trinket or whatever. And she was in the bath and she grabbed it and she banged it against the wall and it didn't come on. And she's like, it's not supposed to be in the bath. Well, that's probably part <laughs> of it. But I, I was like, oh, yeah, it's uh, not. It seems like it's not working anymore. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's like it ran out of batteries or and she's like, what? I go, yeah, things run out. And the look on her face, it was she almost started crying. And it was obvious that it was the first time she realized the idea that things don't last forever, that things break and things wear out. I said, yeah, things break out, break and they wear out forever. You burdened her with the idea of impermanence? That's life, isn't it? I was just thinking that like, that's what life is. Life is like a series of learning lessons, some of which are very beautiful, but some of which are heartbreaking. And they start it started they start very small and very simple. But I thought to myself, Oh, I just exactly what you said. I just burdened this like innocent with the idea of 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 things falling apart. I did that with her today too. Same thing. I told her, please come help me do the dishes. And she said, no, no. I said, we have to do the dishes because I saw a cockroach and we don't want to have a cockroach in our house. There's a cockroach in our house because I saw one. You burdened her with the idea of and vermin? And then she started crying. She's like, I don't want a cockroach. And I was like, yeah, why did I just tell her that? And like, now she's got to like, now she says, I wanted her to kind of be as afraid as me. Why? I don't know. I did the same thing to her um, earlier this afternoon. I sat her down and I said, you know, xenophobia and nationalism is a, truly a cancer on a verdant and equitable society. And I said, um, I said, Trump is it is an orange fingered Cheeto man. And she started crying. And she said, do you say this to me every day, daddy? At any rate, I just thought that was a, it was just a very like poignant moment was like, oh, there's no way around this. There's no way around this lesson that you must learn as life gets uh, goes on 
that things fall apart, uh, that batteries run out, that purple balls don't always blink, and mom and dad are going to die. That's what I whispered to her right afterwards. All right. Well, um, let's uh, take a call. You want to take a call? Let's take a call. Let's take a call. Let's take a call. First, we're going to call the one and only Molly. In Toronto. Molly, my favorite drug in Toronto, <laughs> my favorite city on the East Coast of Canada. Is that? Oh, yeah. That's a Eastern area? Yeah, it's like... I miss Toronto. I don't. I do. I love Toronto. They're the, some of the best live stand-up comedy fans in that's North true. America. Like too much modern structure. Like too many modern structures. In Toronto, <laughs> there's too many modern structures. What do you live in? Old town, old Jamestown? I feel like colonial Jamestown. I feel like there's all these like little tiny apartments on like Toronto's of a water. cool city. Just felt like overdeveloped and like. Well, I miss Toronto, and when I come back on tour there next year, hopefully people will come. Also, I know nothing. I'm sure it's a beautiful place. You know everything. All right, let's call her. Molly. Hello? Molly. Molly. Hi. <laughs> Molly, let me ask you a question. Yeah. On a scale of one to ten, ten being way too many modern structures, <laughs> one being <laughs> colonial Jamestown, where do you think Toronto falls? Um, surprisingly, I've gotten this question a lot before. <laughs> I would say <laughs> I would say a four. Oh, a four. I was thinking a ten. Uh, You've gotten that question a lot before. Um, no, I was lying. Oh, okay, Molly, I like your, I like your moxie. Uh, so what's going on, Molly? Well, where do I begin? I actually am currently. Well, I just slipped out of a party that the person in question um, is at. So this couldn't be better timing. Wait, <laughs> hold on. Yeah, hold you on, you on, guys on. are having parties in yeah, Toronto? Yeah, what the fuck? Like, why, why are we talking about your love life? Let's talk about your viral load. <laughs> socially distanced party. Okay. You're How, a- wait, hold on. How many people are at the socially distanced party? It's like 20 masks. City, big backyard, six feet apart. Oh, don't it's they ca- don't they call Toronto Mask City? Isn't that, <laughs> that yeah, that's like but the city here's motto. the difference between Canada and America. I can't imagine twenty five people gathering in America in any city with masks. Well, Tosh Can you Canada's six in feet America. apart? <laughs> um, I also have I don't think they would. No, I I don't know. We, we we believe you. We believe you. Okay, so you're at a party. You're at a socially distant party in a backyard with some respectful Canadians wearing um, m- m- <laughs> a moose pelt masks. And? and I'm having some relationship problems that I would love your advice with. Kick it. Okay, tell us. Okay, so it is an extremely common theme in my life that all of my friends are aware of, yet no one has the answer to why this is. But I seem to be coming in contact with people that become obsessively in love with me and do severe, grand, objectively romantic gestures that don't want to be with me. And my question is, why? And what the fuck? Wait, so these are like, 
you're saying these are like fuck boys that come to your house with like a say anything boombox and a, a, lo- a dozen no. long stem roses, but then they're like, I don't want commitment right now. No, 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 not fuck boys. Like weird, just like rando people that like paint oil paintings of me. Like, <laughs> all right, here I already have it figured out. It seems like you're super hot, but you have a bad personality. <laughs> <laughs> You would think, No, I'm. As someone who's super confident, I can accurately say that I am hot, but I'm not hot enough for people to just be doing crazy shit like this left, right, center. Okay, okay. So, so they do this stuff. You meet. It's like a whirlwind, and that whirl whirlwind, and then uh, it just kind of dies out. Like Peter's out after what two weeks. Um, no, this actually lasts like months, years. It's, it's a long <laughs> situation. Wait, I'm confused. Molly, take us back a few steps. So what is the okay. issue exactly? Yeah, tell, like tell m- maybe make it okay. centralized among, uh, around this guy in yeah. particular. What's, what did he do? So the current example that we're dealing with um, is <laughs> I met this guy. We really clicked, really got each other. Um, we met at the Jewish summer camp that we worked at, um, and, and yeah, we just really loved each other on many different levels. We hooked up once. It was fun. We were like friends after that. We've been friends for years now. And I've made it really clear that I have a crush on him and he's made it somewhat clear that he just wants us to be friends. And then recently, he sent me a fucking love song that is so romantic. A love song? Yes. What do you mean he sent it to you? Like, Like he wrote it? Is your name in it? Or is he just like, check out this song I wrote? Is it, hey there, Delilah? (laughs) (laughs) He said, I wrote a song about you. And then sent me the recording. He addressed me by name in the song. Can we hear it? Yeah. No. Could you play us a snippet on your phone? I actually can't because I don't have it. Also, I can't. Oh, because it, it'll um, identify who he, it'll identify who he is, and you're okay. I got you. Okay, yeah. That's weird. I'll, straight up, that's weird. So he, you say to him, "I have a crush." He says, "I just want to be friends." And then six months later, he's like, uh, "Oh, Molly, meet me at Tim Hortons." <laughs> And riding on a moose, da, 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 da. we'll drink maple syrup in the back of the van or something like that. How did you know the word? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I know. I know your culture. Is that so? That's basically the situation. Yeah. That's... So then I approached him. I said, "What do you feel, huh?" And <laughs> he was essentially non-responsive. He just like moaned and groaned in discomfort until i finally left because it, it there was there was nothing <laughs> how many girlfriends do you have with you right now molly <laughs> i have my one girlfriend who forced me to write into you guys wait let's put her on the line for a second <laughs> okay. she's a little timid oh she's too scared okay fine um so I yeah that's you've you've cut off my advice at the you've cut off my advice at the past because I was going to say if I was in that situation the right thing to do would be to confront that person and say 
uh, you're sending mixed messages. I told you I liked you. And it's not a normal thing for a person that just wants to be friends to write a love song. But you're saying you basically did that and he moaned and groaned. Are you sure he didn't just come? <laughs> it's possible. Um, you know, who who can be sure, really? But um, Oh, he can. He can, it, he can do the dip yeah, check. Yeah, well, <laughs> I suspect that it was here moaning and groaning but who knows what was happening have you had sex there. with him yeah one time right no we did not sex. it was like a romantic night of just kisses and talking and like 4am and cuddling weird shit like that that you see in movies but got it. we didn't have sex got it got it i mean i'm with moshe i think you just need to be a little more flirty with him and and like what if you texted him like any more songs coming up or i don't know like uh Ask him to do something. Is that the issue? He she said likes him. But he says, I don't like you. And then a week later, sings her a love song. That's, this is a, this is bizarre. And you're saying this is a theme in your life? Yes, very much so. That's interesting. Yeah. This often happens to her. People that don't want to commit to her do big romantic gestures to her. Hmm. I've asked my friends if they have any theories and the one prominent theory is that I <laughs> resemble men's mothers and they are like have this like fucked up Oedipus complex where they want to fuck their moms and they think mm. I'm hot but also they can be like emotionally vulnerable with me because I'm like their mom. And I, I wait, think but that What about you makes you think that you're just like any man's mom? Because she's Jewish. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it is. Um, I think yeah. I think that you should maybe pose that to him. Since saying to him, what are your feelings didn't work, maybe go like go to him right now at the party and and just like kind of like pull him into your bosom and you say, Mommy, mommy loves you. Mommy loves you good good time. And just like see if that works. Do you think that that is a correct uh No, I think this is a you assessment? know No, I think I think you just have a strange uh luck. Yeah, I, I I used to think that um, that ho- mentally ill people were more likely to come into conflict with me because I had an energy that attracted them. But now I realize, no, I just had a few experiences like that. I think that um, I do think that another conversation is in order. Wh- explain to me how did you confront him after he sent you the thing? Wh- where was this, and what were the circumstances? Right. So we've spoken twice about it. The first time was a week after he sent it to me. I texted him saying, because he wasn't in the city I was in. So I texted him asking if we could call and talk about it. So we had a phone call. Um, And then the second time is we briefly spoke about it like half an hour ago. Oh, at the party while he was drunk. When did he moan and groan? On the phone or just now? On the phone. Well, a little bit of moaning now, but a lot on the phone. I mean, okay, I, I do have the, uh, the this. I don't know why you have a mystical circumstance where uh, men that are not interested in you in any way um, make origami um, uh, cranes for you. But I do have a solution, a, a, a practical solution. Tosh, what do you think of this? I think that when someone sends you mixed messages like that and they're not willing to talk to you about it and they're not willing to cop to it, they're being emotionally manipulative and it's time to no longer have them in your life and no yeah. longer talk to them. Cut them off. Yeah, and and see if you cut him off, if he comes back with some more songs, then you'll have more information. That's what I think. And you, you know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah? You're welcome. <laughs> also, Molly, I think that you should probably find a dirt bag that would treat you like absolute garbage 
and just stick with that guy because it seems like the guys that treat you nice aren't interested. <laughs> wow, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> it's just an idea. It'll be hard to find a dirtbag in Canada because they're all so nice, but I know. you can do it. You can find them. Molly, good I'm luck out okay. there. Find some. Thank you so much, guys. Our, pl- our pleasure. Bye. Hope we helped. Bye-bye. That was interesting. I mean, I do believe what I said is that sometimes you... you you start to create a narrative about yeah, yourself. Yeah, you are exactly true. right. That's all it is. It's you know, probably happened like two to three times. Right. And, you know, she just hasn't met the right person. And eventually, she's obviously fun and funny and good looking. At least she says so. And so <laughs> she'll find somebody, you know, a lot of this stuff, a lot of this, this, and I don't like saying it to the people on the call, but a lot of these calls, I get the feeling that Molly's probably pretty young. It seems like the, the, the folly of romance when you're young people don't know how to do it that guy probably does like her but who knows what his issue is and he's you know you don't write a love song to a woman with her name in it and you don't you're not interested it's just like these are boys molly maybe she was like 19 or something yeah that's what it felt like these are boys you need to find a man who can a man and a woman can express their feelings clearly without giggling and groaning exactly all right Uh, i have to do a 10-1 okay (laughs) That's Hollywood for uh, she's got to take a hot piss. We'll be right back after Natasha takes a hot piss. Okay, so uh, how was your piss, Natasha? Good. Was it good piss? Yeah, I had. I'm sorry. You dump a hot load? No, I. It was just a hot piss. I mean, that's what I meant. Dump was the wrong word. Yeah. Did you splash a hot load? Yeah. Did you? You know, my daughter thinks that you pee. She can sometimes pee standing up. What's your daughter? Your daughter. <laughs> I feel like her generation will stand up and pee. That's kind of cool. Because Women. of gender rejection? Yeah, they're just like, whatever. Like, she'll just hold onto a tree stump and just pee. <laughs> I think the last generation did that, didn't they? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Have you ever held onto a tree stump and pee? No. Hmm. Well, maybe there's a time for that. All right. Um, let's, what do you say we play a few secrets? Well, yeah, I I do want to say like, I'm sorry if we don't get to your secrets, but, um, you know, we have like some categories and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the same, like there's apparently a lot of people, uh, Starbucks workers trying to get revenge on their bosses. Mm. Um, that seems to be a theme with the secrets. Mm -hmm. A lot of shit stories. Mm, Too many shit stories. No, no, no. Please don't leave your secrets. It's a no judgment zone. It's a no. (laughs) I'm just saying if we don't get to your particular shit saga. Leave them. Leave leave them. Poop. Drop a dump. Okay. The dumpers for dumping. All right. But let's play a secret or let's two. Let's play some. Uh, hi, Moshe and Natasha. Uh, really, really big fan. Um, this is a secret that I want to get off my chest. Ah, so we welcomed a, uh, uh, our second baby in January. It was a really intense pregnancy. It was a last-minute C-section. You name it. Um, and, yeah, I just, I just want to say this because I, don't, I know that a, a lot of parents are dealing with a lot of crap right now, and it's hard, and send them to school, don't send them to school, daycares opening and closing. Honestly, if COVID-19 had hit this time last year or, you know, a little before when my husband and I were trying for baby number two, I would have turned to my husband and said, we're one and done people. I cannot, I cannot do this. And he's also said, we've, he's also told me that. So I feel good that I'm not alone. Um, I actually hear my husband and the oldest coming in from playing outside, so I need to go. Seriously, your show keeps me going. But yes, I would not have gone for baby number two if COVID had hit a year earlier. So 
Love you guys. Bye. Wait, so her secret is that she regrets giving birth to her child. Well, it's a little complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little complicated because she has a big this caveat. She's like, I would have regretted having my child if if COVID had hit then, but I don't technically regret this, but I definitely, yeah, I think you're right. And also, I think that having one child already, that's really great. But I also think that if you want to have a baby now, I don't think you should not have it. I am looking at our at your child, uh, your daughter, and she's like totally turning into a kid. And I'm like, I'm like, I wish I had another little baby. Really? Yeah. Why? Just because like... This you is, liked her when she was a baby? Wh- sucking on your breast, that must have been pretty annoying for you. Well, she didn't do that. But, uh, but I just like the process of watching her grow up. And now she's like... She, where she's at is like cute overload. But like I'm... I'm yeah, like she'll, she'll ev- like put a raspberry on every finger and just say, I love you, daddy. Yeah. Like she's, <laughs> she's like Shirley like- Temple. <laughs> <laughs> she'll sing the sun will come out tomorrow and do a little tap. But like, I just liked each each phase that she ascends to. I'm both um, overjoyed by and also melancholy that she left the last one behind. That's interesting because, like, when I look at like picture, like video of a newborn baby, and I'm like reminded of that. You feeling. mean of her? No, of just like anything in a mm. in a documentary or whatever, a, t- a movie, like a TV show. I, I don't know. I just don't really. You feel nothing. Yeah. When you think about her birth and her first two <laughs> years, you feel nothing. No, but I just don't. I don't. Wait a minute. No, if no. COVID-19 hit two years ago. Are you saying you regret having your child? What I'm saying is when I'm reminded of being a mom of a baby, that was not fun. But this is fun. Yes. She screams family race every night when we eat dinner and we have to run up uh, the, our our garden yeah, it's just like way better. I, I don't... You want to have like right. a kid in diapers? I'm convinced. Let's not have another kid. I don't know if it's physically possible for us to do so regardless. I was just going to pitch that we adopt um, a, a vulnerable foster child, but you know what? You've convinced me. Let's I let that kid that. rot. I would do that. <laughs> Let's play another secret. Okay. Hi, this is a secret. Um, it's funny that you guys were talking about the chamber pot thing because... This morning, I really, really, really had to shit. And my husband <laughs> takes these 45-minute shits in the bathroom, and I thought I was going to die. So I had a couple of different options, one of which was shitting in the backyard. Um, but what I did was take my 3-year-old's potty into our bedroom and um, hover over it and shit in it. Um, but what happened is just as I was finishing up, my three-year-old uh, peeked into the door. Um, so I got up really quickly. And um, later on, when my husband was out, she asked me why I pooped in her potty. And I totally gaslit her and told her that I did not poop in her potty, that I was just cleaning it. So that's my secret. <laughs> that's a good lie. No, it's not. Why not? Because the kid is old enough to know that you don't clean a toilet by putting your ass up to it. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to make a chamber pot part of your daily life <laughs> and you're going to shit in it, because I haven't done that. That's pretty hardcore. My brother was just telling me when he goes camping, he has one tent 
for himself and then a smaller tent that's a shower and a toilet and it's like a little baby toilet but they have like a plastic bag there's there's that kind of baby potty that has a plastic bag so i think if you're gonna you know really give into it for shitting you should maybe do that put a bag in it because nobody wants to be like you know spraying a shitty potty like Mm. cleaning the remnants of it next to your toothbrushes by the sink Mm. i mean just like wisdom (laughs) this is wisdom thank you i um i have a question for the listeners something i've thought a lot about and i won't ask you natasha because i know you won't answer but you know you know how men have a prostate yeah and honey can you are you taking more photos of our dogs while we're (laughs) podcasting honey honey yeah um men have a prostate don't so, remind me so sometimes <laughs> what no. i remind you every night i go up up and to the left <laughs> i go tighten it tighten the belt tighten the belt and tighten the peg up and to the left now because of the prostate shitting for a man i've heard can feel like ex- or- orgasmic not orgasmic, but like really pleasurable. Ew. And That's just gross. Not like erotic, but it's just like really like feels great. I don't want to know that. Okay. I, I had a feeling maybe wrong <laughs> podcast, but I don't have another one. Okay. Okay. Anyway, my question is women don't have one. Is shitting unbelievably pleasant sometimes for women? Write in. Let us know. Let me ask you this. Do you think women are funny? Women? <laughs> I mean... Uh, let's play another secret. I mean, I'm just saying, maybe sometimes shits feel good. Sometimes no, shits feel... Is that serious? you think that's an ignorant question? I don't know. I always assume the that... Prostate the prostate is involved in the... Well, the shit is sliding past the prostate, isn't it? It's like poking So it. how is it coming out in a woman? There's no prostate. It's just coming out the butthole. It's just a tube. Okay. There's no the little button. the prostate is a strictly sexual organ? Well, it's definitely pa- partially... Se- I mean, imagine... Okay, think of it this way. Imagine your G-spot was in your asshole. And every time you went to go poo-poo, you got your G-spot stimulated. Ew. Well, it'd be more pleasant, wouldn't it? Let's take another secret. Okay. But write in. EndlessHoneymoonPod at gmail.com. Ladies, when you go (laughs) poo-poo, does it feel great? We'll we'll take the answer off air. Hello, I have a secret for you. I have, well, they're somewhat related. One is that I left graduate school for financial issues, um, but I still, you know, constantly educate myself. I read a lot. I do a lot of research. Uh, So I have a lot of knowledge, just no paper proof of it. But if people ask, I tell them that I have a master's. And sometimes I say that on job applications, if I know they won't check or if it's not too crucial to have one for the job itself. But also, because of that, I also never wrote a thesis. Um, But I do get into picky fights with people where they think they know more than I do, but I know that I know more than they do. So I just Whatever the topic is, I say, you can't tell me you know better. I wrote a thesis on it. Mm. So I just kind of lie about my education to make myself feel better and make others feel small. I don't know if that's a personality fault. Oh, well, thank you so much. I love your podcast. I feel like she redeems herself by 
being so cool about like being so open about her flaw i also think it's a very human uh instinct i think everybody does it not everybody says i wrote a thesis on it but everybody lies about articles they've read when they're arguing about politics and they saw a headline or they yeah. skimmed it or they forgot they think it they, that there's an article and they you know talking about myself yeah everybody <laughs> does that i i've definitely you know what i do a lot is uh I'll, I'll mention my, I have a degree, I, if I'm fighting about like the Middle East, I'll mention that I have a, a, a degree in religious studies with a focus on Western religions, specifically Islam, Judaism, Islam and Judaism, so I'm an expert, but it's like... How much of a lie is that? That's not a lie at all, but I went to college like, you know, 15 years ago and I've done literally nothing with it ever since. And it was like a BA? It was a BA. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Should we do one more secret or take another call? Um, wait, but let me just finish my thought oh, on sorry. her. I think that, uh, <clears throat> I think, I don't know. I, oh, I had an idea for her. Yeah. Maybe like, so you don't feel completely guilty about lying. Like maybe start thinking about your thesis and start thinking about like what it would take to finish the master's, even if you can't afford it right well, now. Like it. You know, just like start like it, compiling it in your head. So it's like, you know, I'm I'm in the process of getting my master's. And mm. so now you're more like, you know, working on it and it'll help expand your mind and also start to, you know, focus you in a way. Like, what are you really interested in? If you were doing, I mean, what is a thesis? I, I've never had a master's degree. Like, you just pick one thing and you work on it for a year. How does it work, Most You're smart. Uh, yeah, well, I have a bachelor's degree in religious studies with a focus on Western <laughs> religion. I think I might have written a thesis. Um, a thesis is a final very large final paper that sometimes especially with a master's degree is the can even be the the length of a book is it a hot take like it's like i it, think it can, this and no one else has really thought so this. if i was studying if i went to graduate school for religious studies with a focus on uh, western religion like i had planned on doing before i decided to become a comedian i was going to become an academic thank god i didn't go that route maybe i would have written my thesis on um on uh raves in in Israel, or maybe I would have written my thesis on, um, you know, a Hasidic offshoot uh, that dresses their women like the Taliban. It would—it's like a specific thing. But it has to be that, something that interests you. You choose your thesis topic along with your advisor, and they help you write this paper. And sometimes, if a thesis is good enough, they'll publish your thesis because it's book length, and they'll publish it, and that'll be your first academic book. And as they say, publish or perish. And I did publish, but not in my field. I published a memoir called Casher in the Rye, available on Amazon and your ebook reader right now. Good one. Thanks. Should we, what do you think? Do another call? Yeah, but if anyone out there has has written a thesis or has heard of like what, like I'm just, I'm curious. Like you just What like, would this woman have to do? She would well, have to reapply to graduate school and uh, and finish her master's. And then write a fucking thesis. But I actually think she should go the other route. I just think writing a thesis sounds so cool to me. Yeah. It's like, it's basically like a philosophy of of like thought that you have about an, in, a topic that interests you. Yeah. Well, no, it really, the simplest way to describe it is that you write a book about a topic in your field of expertise and of your field of study. Wow. And it's got to be pretty specific because most books have already been written in your field of study. Right. So you got to really have a specific angle, right? Cool. Yeah. I think she should go the other route. I think she should double down on what she's done and she should walk up to people in a job interview or in an argument and just say, hi there, um, I'm, I'm, Dr., I'm Dr. Jill Moskowitz and just say that she's a doctor. <laughs> say she has a PhD. Okay. Go cool. like Say I'm the Reverend Dr. Jill Moskowitz or whatever this person's name is. 
Tosh. Yeah. What are you thinking? Uh, let's take a call. Let's take a call. Okay, we're going to call Haley in Ontario, California. Hold on. This is crazy. What? We just called Molly in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Now we're calling Haley in Ontario, California. I mean, is that synchronicity or what? I don't know. I, I know I've been taught. There, isn't there like an improv in Ontario? There is. There is. Ontario reminds me of like breeding pod, strip mall, um, kind of like, am I right? Is that kind of what it is? I'm not. I love Ontario and <laughs> Toronto. I think it's got a perfect amount of charm in the buildings. See, all I know about cities is like when I was flown, when I would fly there to like do a like a bad club. You used to fly to Ontario? <laughs> no, but it's I would in go LA. there. Okay, let me just tell they you They do have an airport. Okay, I, I have a confession. Yeah? Toronto. Yes. And Ontario. Yes. Are both cities I've bombed in. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, that city kind of sucks. You're like, no, too modern. <laughs> the buildings are a bit modern for my taste. Like, you know, when you start comedy and you start doing like too much too soon, you know, sure. you start trying to like go make people at like a mall laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. <laughs> Honest question. What does bombing feel like? Fuck you. Uh, I, no, I'm serious. <laughs> I've heard a lot of comedians talk about it, and I'm always just like, huh? You know? All right, let's call Haley. Haley. Hello? Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi. Hey. Hi, guys. Hi. Can I ask you a question? Of course you can. Have you ever been to the Ontario Improv? <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, I have not. Is it any good? I don't know. But if you had caught yeah. a young Natasha Leggero there about 15 years ago, you would have seen her bomb her tits off. <laughs> so you missed out on that Well, one. Well, I was five years old, so I'm sure <laughs> I would have been very excited to see that. <laughs> Wait, so do you go to, is, aren't, isn't Ontario, like, how would you describe Ontario? Is it like kind of a mall city? <laughs> what an asshole um, question. <laughs> um, it's definitely an airport city. So we have a lot of hotels. We have a lot of shops, a lot of, like, industrial looking stuff. And then we have Modern. the big, like, um, what is it called? Um, Hangers. I want to say mall. Hangers. I, it's something where people go to concerts and stuff, and Justin Bieber was there, and that's stadium. like our number one thing. Like, stadiums. Oh my god, that yeah. sounds very yeah, quaint. That. They're called stadiums. Yeah, Haley, they yeah. are called stadiums, <laughs> and they and, and and someday soon they will be monuments to the society we left behind in the COVID years. Britney Spears oh performed at this stadium. That that'll be like the Caracalla yeah. baths in Rome. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that makes me so sad. Stop. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll be okay. We're all gonna. Be, you'll see Bieber again. Yeah. No, things are really looking good, Haley. Okay. So <laughs> what's going on with you? All right. So I have some family problems. So my family, whenever we get together, it always ends in like this huge kind of fight. Like we just kind of don't get along. And my, and I have a very small family. It's my grandparents and then my uncle and my mom, me, my cousin and my sister. That's it. And then, so whenever we hang out or any family event, it could be a holiday. It could be a birthday party thing. My mom and my uncle always pick on my cousin. Like we always have these little disputes. If it's over politics, over something we did in our past, 
They they or pick like, on your cousin specifically? That. No, like me and her. Like they mm. always want to bring up just dumb stuff. You Can know? I ask you a like question? Our past. Or... Can I ask you a question? Are, yeah. are you and your cousin like um, nerds or losers? Um, it, no. It just could I mean, explain it. <laughs> um, Wimps, I'm saying. Are you guys like kind of wimpy? Like wimpy? Like, no, we're not wimpy. Um, I'm I'm smart, I okay. guess you could say. Not a nerd, but like I, I go to college. I have really good grades. I'm joking. Um, what's I'm your totally major? Joking. What's your major? Like, I'm, or anything. I'm joking, Haley. I'm um, joking. Haley, what, what's your major? Okay. I am a linguistics major or like speech and hearing science. Oh, speech and hearing science. I know a little bit about that. Cool. Okay, so hey. Yes, I want to be I want to be an audiologist. Oh, interesting. Audiologists are the mm. you know the people that test people's hearings and hearing and stuff, right? I know, but I feel like that's yeah. like that's like people saying like I'm a psychology major. No, no, that's no, it's so much more specific <gasps> than that. Okay. Natasha, how dare you? How dare you? I'm I don't on know. Haley's side. I don't know anything. You know what? You're acting like her uncle and parents. <laughs> Wait, no. I, yeah. I have a question too. So your family, these people, the the grandparents and the uncle, do you guys all hang out a lot together all the time? Like every time there's a birthday, it's like this whole crew? Yeah. So it, yeah, we have a very small family, so we get together pretty often. But here's the thing, Haley. It's not that small of a family to be like every time there's a birthday party, my uncle and grandparents come. Like no. that it already does feel like you have like it's, it's, you, it's, you like what what makes you guys hang out with each other if you don't even like each other? Um, I don't know. I think it's our grandparents because or my grandparents because they're very familial is that's the right word like they they really like when all of us come together and can hang out and they okay that was another point that I was going to bring up was that my grandparents literally spend all day preparing the house or wherever we're going and you know they prepare for us to have a good time like make food and you know clean the house and all this stuff and then we end up going and my uncle and my mom and me and my cousin I guess ruin it for everybody and my grandparents get really upset so and not upset at us but just at the situation okay so ho- so hold on so Haley, it's you and your cousin yes. and then your mom and uncle gang up on the two of you yeah pretty much and i know so, that sounds really fucked up but, no i get it i get it yeah. I, I think i understand it and 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 your cousin is your uncle's kid right yes yeah and you're and you're Weird. your mom yes. and you're so your the brother and sister gang up gang on up. their kids <laughs> together yeah and honestly, and I've been thinking about this a lot. I think it has a lot to do with like them being kind of jealous that our grandparents just like us better a little bit. Interesting. And and what is the fight? What is the thing about? Is there any? Yeah. What are their go to cut down? Right. Is there any themes oh. to it, or is it always? Is it just? Yeah. Yeah. What is it? It's politics, big time, and the fact that like they think they have like superiority over us because they so they're trump supporters and you guys are like gonna vote for joe biden what if she's like nope the opposite baby um this no 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 go ahead this is very simple i don't know what you think Uh but this is very simple the 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 politic you're probably right that there's some like there's a bunch of it sounds to me there's like there's a bunch of things going on there's jealousy Uh there's jealousy probably you're right that there's jealousy that your grandparents are like love you guys and they have like fraught relationships with their parents and they want to kind of throw a grenade into it probably a lot of this is subconscious second thing is Mm -hmm. they're, they're probably jealous of you guys just for you know being young and vibrant and smart and doing your own thing and they're like 
you know, old and parent age. And they're like, you know, they're, they're probably a little jealous of that. And they're probably also just having their, their brother sister dynamic where they're like gang, they can gang up on you guys. But the, the solution is obvious. The solution is to, in my opinion, Natasha, I'm curious to hear what mm-hmm. you think. The solution is to out adult the adults, right? The, the, mm-hmm. the, the idea of getting together, you know, the old saying, they say, do you know why your parents push your buttons? Because they put your buttons on you. Exactly. Like they you so, probably cause... learned that from that this podcast because you said it like five <laughs> yes, times. Yes, I actually did. I thought that was so cute. When, or not cute, but I thought it was like... No, it's very cute advice. Ever. Okay, well, anyway. Yeah. So they're getting under your skin because every time they go to fuck with you, you guys probably engage, right? You give them exactly what they want. They want to piss you off and to tease you and to make you pissed off. And you guys are young. And so you're probably like... Uh, Im- Im- more emotional when you argue about these things than they are and so they can like grind their little screwdriver into your brain and you start screaming and become illogical and basically <laughs> lose and storm off right is that kind of what happens um a little bit sometimes it ends yeah with somebody leaving and right. sometimes it ends just with me being like okay whatever i'm gonna go take a nap or something i don't know like i just end up kind of disengaging because i get so frustrated well this is the this is the hard work that uh, the advice is obvious but the implementation is incredibly difficult you have to out this is mm-hmm. my thought you have to out adult the adults you have to know going into this situation if you're not ready to tell your uncle and mother i never want to speak to you again which i don't think you are you go into the situation <laughs> knowing they're going to try to fuck with you and having a plan and here's the plan so um but the the hard part is sticking to the boundary. So okay, Natasha, mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be Haley, and you you say something like triggering to me. Okay, so uh, I'm Haley. I like ideology, and I'm a liberal. You know, you know, Trump is right. You know, I don't. I we always do this at these gatherings, and I've decided. I've been thinking a lot about it. I always walk away from these things feeling like worse than when I got here. So I've decided today I don't want to talk about politics at all. And then they're going to try to do it again, right? So try to be like, "Oh, you're being a you're being oh, you're just you're just being you, you're just being sorry because you know he's going to win again." Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually just walk away for five minutes, and then you get up and you leave. See, Le- Moshe's given me advice like this before, and it's really hard to implement. It's super hard to implement. Yeah, but it, it I once uh, it's super hard to implement because the first time you do it, it feels like hell, right? And right, yeah. you can't get over the hump of the first time. But once you do it like five times, they'll stop fucking with you because they'll know that there's no kindling for them to light a fire with. If every time you set, they try to fuck with you, instead of engaging in the argument, you set a boundary and then you follow that boundary and you walk away, then eventually they're going to stop talking to you about it. And you just say, can we change the subject? I don't want to talk politics. It's just, it's like right. the the easy part is saying it. The hard part is doing it. That's what I think. Yeah, of course. And, and, and yeah, you're totally right. And my grandparents have tried to do that many a time, like not even just about politics. Cause your little, your little skit was totally right. Like, yes, I'm a liberal and they're very much not, but, um, but even when it comes to like them just saying something about, you know, we're, we're too young to know what's actually going on or whatever, like whatever they want to say. Here, My grandparents will say, okay, it's time to change the subject. Like, I don't want to talk about this bullshit right now. Like, oh wait, let's talk about something else. I have an important question. So this is really cool. This is three generations hanging out with each other. Yeah, it is it's cool. grandparents. Mm-hmm. 
it's their their two kids and then you guys. And so yeah. my I, I guess my question is where do the grandparents stand? Oh, politically? They um okay, so my grandpa voted for Hillary. My grandma voted for Trump. But <laughs> it's a West Side story <laughs> situation. <laughs> <laughs> but um they're very conservative. They they are immigrants from Portugal where it's very, you know, uh, conservative I guess that's the word but yeah they're very much conservative but not to the point where they are involved in politics like they they're pretty much like I don't really care and just I don't know my grandpa gets anxiety when he thinks about it and then my grandma's like oh well I just want you know Catholicism to be a thing again and but yeah Here, pretty here's much the thing they okay go ahead I was just gonna say they they care more about us being hurt by our parents and us like feeling like shit when we leave than the politics in general or you know whatever it is okay i'm sorry this is a lot uh i I guess my question is when you when when your mom says something negative to you is there anything else she says that doesn't have to do with politics yeah, there's there. I I mean, I could go on. Like, forever. name one and thing. It, What's one thing that that felt bad? Um, my mom likes to say that I'm I'm brainwashed because of college, like because I politics. College. But that has to do with That's politics. Okay, okay, okay. Um, oh, she likes to bring up how I'm always at my boyfriend's, or I'm I'm always with my boyfriend, or so she's critical about my boyfriend. Critical, critical. And and, yes. and I think you're right. Jealous. I mean, it's just so simple. Do it. Did you have a thought on that? Well, I just think part part of me thinks it's her family does seem kind of close. So I feel like maybe if if she could stop engaging, that's the answer in any way, then yeah. maybe you could actually help make your family because it seems like you guys must kind of like to be around each other because you guys are always like three generations of people hanging out with each other like that's so special like that you can make a documentary <laughs> about that and meanwhile you're like oh we don't really like each other so I think oh. that's really special and then I also think that you know like I my brothers and I would fight all the time but like I would never really fight with my one brother but then my other brother they'd always in a fight and then I remember I hung out with them once when we were adults and like the one brother said something and then he got so mad and they started screaming like it just went to 10 immediately. And I was like, oh, I never engage in that level at all. Like, I'm just right. not interested. Like, no, Natasha's Natasha's right. The secret here is truly you have to out adult your parents because we're, we are living in a golden age of of. Uh, of middle-aged people acting like children just it, <laughs> right. it's like exactly. it's, it's never been this bad it's never been this bad it's because of facebook people like to fight on facebook and that kind of psychic energy is trickled down into our <laughs> into our parents generation and it's always sad to me when i see like an old man like calling someone like a like a, a libtard cuck on Facebook. I'm just like, you were yeah. supposed to be smoking a corncob pipe, like reading the paper and thinking about <laughs> thinking about philosophy. And instead you're just like calling somebody gay on Facebook. Like, it's just like, <laughs> so the, your job, because you don't get to choose your family. It's like, oh, it's too bad that your parents are, are uh, act like assholes when they get together. But your job is not to win the fight with them. It's to prevent the fight from occurring. And the way to prevent the fight from occurring is to never engage. You'll never win the fight. No, you'll never win the fight. Your job is to walk off, not storm off. 
And right? what's what's an easy script? Like, yeah. I, I just don't want to talk about that. Yes, exactly. Oh, I don't really want to talk about that. And then and then they do it again because they won't do they're, they're not going to stop. They're they're bullying you. You'll say, I don't really feel like yeah. talking about it. They'll say it again. You go, Mom, I'm going to be honest. If you keep talking about that, I'm probably going to go. And if she keeps talking about it politely, don't storm off because that's probably what happens. You go, Mom, yeah. fuck off. And then she goes, oh, look at you. Fuck off. <laughs> look at you talking. to Fuck off. That's the way a child talks. You talk to your mom like that and you go, Mom, you're just you know, you're being unreasonable. Oh, I'm being unreasonable. Well, I think it's unreasonable that you're learning about, you know, Marxist philosophy in college. And then all of a sudden you're just like, this is total bullshit. And then you bail and you storm off screaming. Right. But if you and your cousin have a united front that you're going to set boundaries the first time they try to say something nasty and say, I've been thinking, you got to be overt. You can't be like, you can't like, like I, I think direct communication is like the, is the big is the biggest thing, especially in these old communication pathways where you've created right. these ways of communicating that are like subtle and you have to be not subtle. You say, you know what, me and my cousin, we've been thinking about it. We were splitting a bowl of that Portuguese sausage soup and we yeah that stuff and we decided we don't we don't want to fight at these family gatherings but we anymore. love you we love like, exact, we love the soup and like let's let's all watch a movie love, or let's play a game or whatever yeah. yes we love spending time with you but we've decided that when things come up that make us see that's the one of the big secrets to talking to unreasonable people is to make it all about you you say something like the truth is i'm too sensitive to deal with it you know, I'm, I'm just, it's my problem. And I know you guys, it's not your problem. It's my problem. I'm too sensitive to deal with that it. That is a great manipulation. And when you, so when you bring something up that makes me feel sensitive or makes me feel like, you know, I'm uh, just like, I can't deal with it. I'm just going to let you know it's a topic I don't want to talk about. And then when they do it, you'll just let them know. And then they're definitely going to do it again. They'll probably even make fun of you when you, when you set your boundary because nobody likes, mm -hmm. nobody likes being exposed for being a bully. There's no way they're going to hear it and go like, wow, we've thought about it and you're really right. They're going to go like, oh my God, look at you. You want a participation trophy or whatever bullshit people like that say. And then you just say it. <laughs> you just say, it's, it's about me. It's not about you. But if you don't respect, then you say, mom, you're talking about something. I don't really want to talk about that. She's going to talk about it again. You go, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to talk about it. And if you bring it up again, I'm probably going to go. And then she brings it up again. Here's the hard part. You got to kiss. I don't know what they say in Portuguese. Abuelo and abuela. Good, uh, good, goodbye. And you say, I'm going to take off. It's nothing to do with you guys. I'm just, I'm not, I don't want to fight. And you just leave in calm happiness, knowing that you did the right thing. Crack do not crack that whip crack the whip do not stay and fight because you will always lose the battle that has been set on their terms but you will if you if you reset the field of battle to your own rules you'll win every time that's what i think all right well i think that's really good advice moshe and i'm gonna take it and i hope that Haley takes it and uh Haley, any parting words uh thank you guys that was really great advice um i'm definitely gonna use it and i'm definitely gonna change from fighting to kind of, you know, setting my boundaries and telling them, hey, no more. Yeah, no but, more. Um, in, in a nice way, too. In a nice way about yeah, you. Yeah, right. You'll never win. You will never win because they are not fighting to change your mind. They are fighting to prove that you're stupid. It's like it's not yeah, going to happen. Yeah, of course. It's like a, you know, you <laughs> know, thank you, guys. you know, in your heart of hearts that they are that their way of, of living is crumbling and they know it, too. And that's probably why they're picking on you. Okay, good luck, Haley. Yeah. Haley, will Thank you do us you a favor? So tell us how it goes. Of course. Write our write a, write our producer and tell us how the first stanza went and we would love to know if anything changes. Of course. Thank you guys so much. Good luck. Bye. Bye, Haley. Bye.
Okay, I figured out what part of the problem is. Yes. So basically, our parents' generation, they all had kids when they were like 23. Yeah. To like 30. And so they hadn't really found themselves yet. Totally. So now they're like old and they're like, oh, now I'm like, there's Facebook and the internet and ideas and I never got my degree. But, you know, like, what about this stuff that I'm learning? And, oh, these people I've always hated. And yep. I, I don't know. I feel like. And they don't. And they don't have. The big, internet's not good for that. And they don't have big social lives. Right. Of varied people. So the, the only people that they can take it out on is their kids. Uh, or the it, internet like also. right and it's exactly it's strangers or their kids that's that's those are the two choices so it's like and the other thing is i really do believe that like the tone of argumentation that that most of the people i'm going to go out on limb and say her parents and the uncle probably their biggest experience in debating has been in on facebook fighting with randos about you know what i mean <laughs> And if that's the your training ground for uh, if that's your training ground for learning how to discuss uncomfortable ideas, then you're going to be a jerk about it because Facebook encourages being a jerk. That's 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 what there's. I've never seen a person's mind changed on Facebook ever. So it's like fucking you just unfortunately at a certain point in every young person's life, you come to the realization that your parents are actually children and you have a choice there. You can engage with them like children or you can engage with them like the adult you've become. But I do think some people are lucky and their parents are really evolved. Well, I feel... Like my child. That's true. That's true. Some people have awesome parents. I'm just saying, even awesome parents, there'll come a point when you go, oh, this is where your weak spot is. Right. I mean, all of our parents are good in some ways. Of course. I would. Yeah, we would have been nice to ask Haley what her mom is cool how her mom is cool right i think the politics is probably like 90 percent of it it also sounds like when the brother and the sister get together they gang up and become but isn't that crazy three generations of like people fighting and hanging out with it's each not other not that crazy it really speaks to how broken your family is Natasha. <laughs> you're just like you totally telling me the grandparents parents and the grandkids hang out i never heard of such a thing I'm like uh, have you seen a christmas movie <laughs> Wait a minute, your parents' parents? <laughs> they're still around and hanging around? I just, I, that don't make no sense. All right, well, you know what, Mosh? This has been really fun. Well, listen, it has been fun. And here's another thing. It doesn't matter that you didn't have three generations hanging out because uh, you will. Because your child, if if your child has a kid, will, will love us because we are lovable. And you know how I know that we're lovable? Why? How? Because I love you. Oh, I love you too.